And we're back, rugby fans, with another great episode here from the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. And once again, as you know it, each and every Monday night, 8 p.m. live, CST, we bring you the run, pass, or kick interviews with another great rugby insider. And before we introduce that person, I introduce myself, Ty Brog, as the host of today's activities, alongside the familiar face and voice of, of course, Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt. And in the background, we have Scott Ferrara producing this show, and he'll be bringing all of the comments that you have driven towards this guy on screen. You want to ask him anything you wish to do, make sure you fill out those comments below and Scott will get it up on screen. But more importantly, we have the Austin Gilgroni, Will Meji. Yeah, let's get an opportunity to be able to really introduce this guy. You came from uh, Leeds, uh, playing in Leeds first. You made your way through uh, the Denver Stampede, you know, MLR staple. You've got a long history with rugby. We're here to be able to dig into that. But first, Will, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, guys. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on. Um, Body's still a bit sore from yesterday, but uh, yeah, great to be here. And we truly do appreciate you jumping in as a bit of our super sub here. Uh, and we'll go ahead and explain why in just a moment. But before then, I want to take the opportunity to remind all those viewers tuning in, if you are watching the Rugby Rant for the first time, here's how it works. And to learn how, we hand it over to Rob Hammerschmidt. First of all, Will, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, you had a cracker yesterday. I know it was a tough game, but um, it means a lot for, for us to bring you on and you'd be willing to share a bit of your time. So for those who are uninitiated, run, pass, or kick at the Rugby Rant works a little like this. We're going to prompt each question with run, pass, or kick, and Will will have an opportunity to make a choice. Just like any good fullback, he'll have to survey his options and figure out which of those three are going to be best for him to employ as a tactic. And so if he runs with a question, Will, that just means He's going to go ahead and answer it straight away and have a crack. Uh, if he says, you know what, I'm going to pass in that question, it just means he doesn't want to get himself in hot water. He'll let some, somebody else handle that one down the road. Or he can kick a question, have a little fun with us, put us on the back foot, and we have to answer in his behalf. And he can even grade us out, be a coach of sorts, and tell us that we were great, tell us that we were shite. It's his <laughs> choice. So, Will, are you ready for the run, pass, or kick challenge? I don't think he's ready, though, because he's not kitted up, though. Did you not get the memo? Because all of us are wearing the appropriate color and gear that this guy isn't, huh? Suit up, my friend. There we go. Hey, hang on. Let me see that hat. Oh, that is is a damn good-looking hat, guys. Which is the trucker one, which I prefer. Yeah. Yeah. I got the real one. Oh, you got the old one, Rob. Yeah. That's for the old guys. (laughs) Oh, yes. So yeah, once again, you know, not only is it a bit of an opportunity to have a laugh, but it's an opportunity to remind everybody that what we do is done with the help of great partners. And one of those is certainly those guys at the rugby shop, of course, powering shop MLR.com. So make sure that you want to get any of your Gil Gronies gear, whichever team it may be that you support. You choose to do so through shopmlr.com. Uh, really a great opportunity to be able to fly your colors for your team this season. So again, thanks for the opportunity to share that. And uh, we hand it back to Rob to be able to deliver the first question. All right, Well, I assume you're ready for the challenge, my man. Can't wait. All right. A bit nervous. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, not nervous to be able to lace up, you know, yeah. and hit the field, just like this is the one that gets you. <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, we'll make you look good, mate. Um, first things first, uh, you're stepping in for uh, your captain, your mate, uh, both for the Gilgronis and for the U.S. Eagles. Um, captain Bryce Campbell, he was injured last night in the match. Not a run pass or kick. I think fans want to know, how is uh, Bryce doing today? No, he's good. Um, it was obviously a pretty scary uh, incident yeah. last night. Um, hats off to the San Diego boys. Um, they sort of saw the danger and stopped it straight away. Um, and, the, and the ref obviously stopped it and, and hats off again to the medical staff. Um, but yeah, Bryce is good. Um, he had a couple of scans last night in the hospital, all precautionary stuff. Everything checked out fine. Um, and now he's in, yeah, concussion protocol. Uh, I had lunch with him today. He okay. seemed normal. Absolutely fine. So uh, yeah, obviously a bit worrying, but he, he's on the road to recovery. And, and hopefully it won't be too long till he's back on the field for us. 
Right. And that's always fantastic to hear because yeah. you know, the one thing, and I'm pretty sure that you probably have felt the same thing, Will, is that the MLR fans are super passionate, but they're so involved and invested in the health and wellness of the players inside the league. You know, they're, they're, they want to make sure all these guys are happy and healthy, and we're happy to be able to hear that. I just have a quick follow-up there that is unscripted, though, and we were talking about this beforehand. Can you remind us, and for the sake of our viewers, the concussion protocol how long might that actually mean that a player could be out for? Is it the expected two weeks uh, because of the time that needs to elapse, just mandatory? I think, and this isn't 100% accurate, but right. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's seven-day protocol. Okay, um, yeah. And that's best-case scenario. So you have to obviously tick off certain boxes, extra, et cetera, et cetera. Um, right. Each day, no symptoms, no symptoms, return to running, return to contact, et cetera. So... We've obviously got a short week this week, going from a Sunday game to a Saturday game. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, I think, impossible for Bryce to clear those protocols for this week. Um, but he'll be around the facility, being a, the leader that he is for us and helping us get her ready for the Texas Cup. So, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, I'm glad you brought that up. We'll get into that little that little gem uh, in a little I bit. Know, that was like an evil laugh from from Rob. Yeah. <laughs> well, my stroke of cat me. <laughs> it, it, it's just a little overemphasized. I was down in New Orleans this weekend, thanks to my good mate Benji. Shout out, my boy. Uh, he took care of me, and we hit the French Quarter a little bit. So, uh, but I, <laughs> I, I'm recovering. I got my coffee. I'm ready to go. Nice. All right. So. Well, I have the opportunity to fire the next question your way, and you know the rules. Run, pass, or kick. Let us know which it will be, but here lies the question. You were born and raised in England. Actually, sorry, that's Rob's question. Let me rewind. (laughs) (laughs) It's nice to know that we're real pros on this show, isn't it? (laughs) All right, so here it is. After COVID's shortened season, uh, naturally it was a truncated season in 2020, um, things needed to be filled. There was still a great, uh, um, I see Scott making a comment in the background there. More importantly, in the truncated season, you know, rugby ended too quickly for all of the fans. And the MLR quickly pivoted and filled that gap, filled that hungry, hunger for the fans with the virtual MLR series, of which you were a participant and I believe also ended up winning. So, in fact, here lies the question. You won the Shield. Are you a gamer or did you have to do a bit of training prior to entering the competition? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll run with this one to get things started. Um, so, yeah, it was a lot of fun, the virtual, uh, virtual MLR tournament. Um, I became a bit of a gamer during COVID, um, less so with Rugby 20, more so with um, with Call of Duty. It was a good way of kind mm. of keeping in contact with friends, um, kind of like a Zoom or Skype where you're actually playing a game right. uh, with guys all over the world. Uh, but yeah, in terms of the Rugby 20, it was only I only played it when you guys saw us playing it online. So I've <laughs> mashing the whole way. Yeah, exactly. Just years of experience playing back to Jonah Lomu rugby when I was eight to 10 years old and then rugby right. away and all the classics. So it was just, yeah, a bit of button, button bashing and uh, having the great Fijian team to, to guide me to the. To the <laughs> <laughs> and and mate, you wore that white cowboy hat so well uh, in the photo, man. You looked at absolutely uh, top shelf right there. So I, I appreciate that, Rob. Kudos to you. Yeah, it's nice to know if this rugby thing doesn't work out, you can always be a gamer, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah, there's good money in it, so you know, you never know. MLR, MLR better step it up, otherwise they can... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're waiting for those endorsements to kick in, right? right? right. Yeah. Or, or maybe a Stetson model. Just camp yeah. out down there in Austin, be a Stetson model. You know, man of many talents, eh? yeah. many options for you. <laughs> you got to get the uh, Austin uh, PR team in on this. I think we, we're onto something here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going to pick up where Ty left off. You were born and raised in England. I, and this is a question I think genuinely a lot of folks who follow the Eagles want to know, because I'm not sure that all of them are aware of, of how you found yourself in the United States playing for the Eagles. Uh, but you've, played for both the London Scottish in addition to the Raptors, as Ty talked about, and the Gilgronies. Um, you know, we'll get into your residency, but what do you most like about playing in the United States professionally, run, pass, or kick? I'll kick this back to you, Rolls. I'm interested to see what you think is the most <laughs> enjoyable thing about playing rugby in America. I didn't expect a kick so early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it's a, it's a true fly half. So, 
<laughs> yeah, sure. So I, I guess since um, I asked the question, I'll, I'll take a stab at this one. Uh, I think it's actually because, um, you know, when you were playing in Europe, uh, you were, in fact, a, a, a uh, Calvin Klein underwear model, and you would get mobbed on the street for both your talents on the pitch as well as your talents on the billboards. And and quite frankly, I think you wanted to go a little bit more under the radar and uh, bring those talents to the United States and maybe make a career out of those uh, out, of, out of the modeling a little later in life. No, I guess. How'd I do on that one? Yeah, not, not, a million miles off, not a million miles off. <laughs> not a million miles off. Okay. Did, Ty, did, did you have some thoughts on that one? I don't know. It just sounds like the Foden story. You know, <laughs> I was so tired of the paparazzi. I had to get out. Yeah. No, no. I mean, off, just off, I mean, the rugby here is is a lot of fun. At the end of the day, it's it's a growing brand. MLR is amazing. Right. Um, when I was back in the UK last year, very briefly, the rugby is just not as fun in the championship. It's slower. The weather's not as good, which obviously contributes to it all. Um, and yeah, I mean, like the biggest honor for me is representing the Eagles. So, of what you did at a junior level as well, right? Yeah. So, you know, and then when you talk about your time at London Scottish as well, you know, I mean, they're polar opposites in terms of the rugby culture and the support around them. So, refreshing, right? I imagine to come to the US where it's new, exciting, opportunities endless, right? I mean, yeah. that's part of the allure, isn't it? Yeah, of course. And, and, and for me personally, um, the goal while I was at the Raptors was to make the Rugby World Cup, right, as that's the pinnacle of rugby. And and I and I did. I made the squad, which was amazing. It was a huge honour. Um, and I kind of felt like after that, OK, I can now move back to London, et cetera, et cetera, back to my friends. I've, I've done everything I wanted to do. But I didn't feel like I got the opportunity potentially mm-hmm. to fully contribute at the World Cup just because of selection or players who are better than, than me or whatever, you know, so... I really want to give. I get you. Yeah, I want to give. I want to have another crack at it for 2023. And I and I felt that I had the best opportunity to do that playing in the MLR week in week out against other Americans. So that was a big thing for me as well. I will add, you know, and again, this is off script, uh, but you know, when we we continuously had this conversation going back months, almost a year, about you know the pending World Cup preparations, a bid that's looming, you know, these things, but. You know, come 2023, MLR would have helped the USA Eagles fill an entire four-year cycle for the first time where the athletes can play at home in a professional platform. So it would put you, as you so rightly pointed out, you know, this is the best place to be, to be able to grow to those levels because week after week, you're reaching the highest level of the game that it can offer here in North America, consistently helping it grow, consistently playing alongside your potential teammates as well, which makes a difference, right? Massively, yeah. And you see that already with guys that are are coming back from Europe, like um, just off the top of my head, obviously Dino Waldrum is at London Scottish back at New Orleans. Bryce has come back from London Irish playing in the Premiership to Austin, you know. And right. that's just because the st- they wouldn't be coming back. We wouldn't be coming back if the standard wasn't good enough. And and Gary sees that as well. You know, he, we things don't just happen because a player wants to. Gary's behind the scenes saying, "Yeah, like you're still going to be involved if you come back here and play in the MLR." Like it's he, he just wants us playing a lot of game time. So it's right, and, you know, and a little closer to it, he can also see more uh, yeah. firsthand and have access to his players that it probably hasn't had before. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think we have, I was talking about Benji earlier, my good mate um, down there in NOLA. He has a question, run, pass, or kick. Will, is it Arsenal or Tottenham or, <laughs> or Chelsea? Chelsea. Chelsea, Chelsea from what he says. But I, I'm not sure if Benji is still hungover from the weekend or, or <laughs> if that was a, a an intended slight. My guess is he's being cheeky. Yeah, no, I'll run with this one. Um, it's actually none of the three, um, nor any London club, which is funny. Um, not Leeds United. No, it's not. They might be a close second. It's uh, Newcastle United. Um, so growing up, Alan Shearer was the man for England and Newcastle. Right. Um, and the first game of soccer I ever went to was with my dad when I was about four years old. And Newcastle somehow beat Arsenal. And then I was being a very impressionable four-year-old decided that Newcastle must be the best team in the world. And it's now been 25 years of no trophies and a lot of pain. So great decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the troubles of being a fan, right? You know, a loyal yeah. fan, should I say? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> All right. So let's jump forward over here as we continue with the line of questioning and turn it back to a little bit more about rugby. Although I do appreciate you now actually calling it soccer and not football. Probably took a little bit of training, right? Yeah, five years or so now. So. Even for me, even for yeah. me, it's hard. Sometimes I get I get stuck between the two. So let's let's jump ahead again. So we're moving on to how did you okay, so run parcel kick. How did you come to establish your residency here and find your way into the USA uh, roster, under-20s roster, and continuing? Uh, I think, you know, it's an interesting journey that you can highlight. How did it happen? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll run with this. This is an easy one. I'll, I'll say yeah. the part for the tougher ones. Um, so both my parents are American. Um, my my mum was born in uh, Trenton, New Jersey, which you'll hate, hate me for saying, but I always I always get it in there. Um, and <laughs> And uh, my, my dad's from Boston, uh, Mass. So, yeah, American parents. Um, I was born in the UK. Um, and so I always knew that I was qualified for the US and uh, kind of went down and, and a lot of my friends were, were trying out for the England, like age grade sides and whatnot, and went down to the old Millfield Festival, which was like an under 16 or 17 um, tournament. And I actually met with Sean O'Leary, who was the USAU 17s coach at the time. Um, I think I was like 15 years old and then ended up playing USA U17s, U18s, uh, not junior All-Americans for two years under 20s. And then, uh, and then yeah, the pathway through to the Eagles. So it was always in the back of my mind. So it was, it was kind of a fun thing to do while at school in the UK, but be playing international rugby at age grade level for a different country. And, and that's kind of an interesting story that U20s, you guys won a uh, championship. I think it was the U20s. Um, the world twenties, yeah, world championship, which is kind of a, a tier two nation championship. It's a really interesting story how the United States kind of made the jump with with your group of international players. Uh, can you just touch real quickly on the influence of Scott Lawrence uh, from Rugby ATL yeah. on, on that? Because no. it, it's an amazing story. It is. Yeah, I mean, Scott is as most anyone who's involved with. You, rugby in America knows he's one of the most detail orientated, um, like f- just game awareness, understanding coaches that there is. And it's no surprise to see like rugby ATL going well to start with. Um, but yeah, we weren't very good. My first year, 2011, it was over in Tbilisi, Georgia. Um, and I remember on the plane home, coach Lawrence was sitting there writing notes. And I think he ended up with a, almost a dossier a 35 page dossier of all the things that we should his thesis on how yeah, you can do better yeah, exactly. <laughs> his thesis on the junior world trophy how to be successful but it was something crazy about that um just about what what we did and what we needed to do to be successful mm-hmm. and then he basically went about and did it, all those things and then a year later um we were yeah we were extremely successful we were extremely well prepared um one small story those tournaments, you know, they're like three, four day turnarounds in between games because mm-hmm. it's just time, money, et cetera, whatever. And we're young, so you can bounce back and play. I don't think that would go well right now. Um, <laughs> but after we made it to the final, we were playing Japan. We all kind of had the day off the next day to rest and recover. And then we came into the team meeting and there was this huge, biggest sheet of paper you could find. And Coach Lawrence and our video analyst, analyst, I can't remember his name, it's going to bug me, um, they had mapped out every single scrum and line out free kick penalty that Japan had earned or made a playoff from the tournament so far, what they did, what the phase, how many phases it was, what the end result was. So we basically knew the Japanese plan before they even knew it. We knew everything they were going to do and they they managed to teach a group of 20 year olds exactly what japan was going to do and yeah we we managed to we managed to win which was pretty amazing but that's and that's like the very next year you know you're talking about like that's the level one season turnaround exactly and they're completely different players but that was just the level of detail that that scott goes into and and he's done that when he's come in as a defense coach with the u.s a few times and stuff so yeah i I loved working with Coach Lawrence. We'll have to pick your brain later because we're going to have Scott Lawrence on the show in a couple of weeks and we need some like funny story to embarrass him with. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't have to be embarrassing. It's just got to be a fun story. That's already a great one, but I'm sure you've got more, right? Yeah. 
and and the reason I I really asked this question, the follow up that is, is because uh, of the precise story that you told, and I just want to send a message for those people that are concerned about, you know, where is the where is USA coaching structure going to, you know, come from? You know, can an American born coach kind of step into the light and really be the future of USA rugby? And I I think that that demonstrates that USA coaches are capable, right? They have the knowledge, they have the skill set. You just got to find the right guy. Um, and Scott Lawrence has obviously done some great things down there in rugby ATL. Um, so speaking of the league, the MLR, as we get back to that, the league has taken some criticism from fans over the past seasons for the large amount of foreign players in the MLR. Run, pass, or kick, what is your opinion regarding this, and why do you think the various MLR franchises continue to bring in foreign players? Uh, sorry. <laughs> no worries. Uh, I'm going to kick that back to you guys. And give me one second to tell people downstairs to be quiet. Apologies. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll take over. <laughs> well, I mean, it is an interesting point that you bring up though, Rob, because a lot of people debate this and they'll continue to debate this. So it's going to be interesting not only to be able to hear it from a point of view from somebody who is in part considered a foreign player but obviously has roots and ties strongly uh, to, to American rugby, right? So uh, I was just uh, uh, pointing out that the reason I think that Scott and I wanted to send this question your way is because you have kind of a unique perspective, having uh, you know a background in rugby, having started overseas, then come across as we so you know gave you the opportunity to share your story. So you know it's kind of a foot in both on, on both sides for you. Right. So you know we, we we deliver it to you again. You're welcome to kick it back to one, yeah, one yeah. of us, but I'll tell you, fans have heard us talk about this a lot. <laughs> No, it's definitely an interesting one, right? It's um, it's where do we where does MLR draw the line on the balance between the product we're putting out on the field, um, versus developing the next cycle of 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 players, right? So, I yeah, it's a tough one because yeah, like I I've always seen myself, even though I've got a funny accent as American, I've. <laughs> growing up through the age grade ranks so I, I feel like deeply rooted you know in American rugby you've earned um, your colors you know yeah and then yeah so I mean I would always think of myself as a domestic player um playing here but yeah it's a, it's a tough one because obviously yeah we like I said we need to have a good product on the field I'll, I'll go out on a limb here and I say I think we're probably leaning a bit too far with the foreign imports right now um I think the league has good intentions to bring it back potentially in a couple of years time when that caliber of player um, that's US born and raised collegiate system, et cetera, et cetera, gets there. But man, there's some good players coming up through college. Like we just signed Connor Mooneyham. Like, oh, superstar was, already, like, man. Straight in starting, you know, like, and, and Mason Cook for us last night, thrown in last minute, a hooker coming out of Dartmouth. Unbelievable effort in his first star as a professional rugby player, you know, so... There's definitely talent out there, and it's just a worry that if there's too much foreign influence, that doesn't ever get the opportunity, or the opportunity is five minutes rather than eighty minutes. You know, so right, it's just a tough way. It's a, it's a fine line, isn't it? It is, and you know, to that same point, with all this talent, which is inspiring, right? I mean, you're seeing examples of it already, which were from the MLR draft. These guys that were that were you know novices, you know, a couple of years ago to the game, only learning it, right? In many cases. But as you so rightly pointed out, you know, they're going to be in a group of players where that mentorship needs to be there. The talent's there, but you need to mold it. So that it is a balance. And, and, you know, and that's where people will debate it. Is that balance really being met? Well, um, and and know, I want to jump it. I want to jump in here for just a moment. What I think is interesting, and I'm going to speak from a place that I know, and just like Ty speaks from, from his experience in Colorado at Rugby Town, and Scott speaks from his experience at Rooney. You know, having just come back from a trip down to NOLA, here's the interesting thing. Kane Thompson was an integral part of um, their player structure last year. Well, he's not playing this year. He's coaching, but he stuck around in the United States, and he was mm -hmm. at the D2 match helping some of those young guys that were drafted on the coaching end of things, and then he's helping the gold out uh, in the coaching situation. So some of these guys are sticking around. I know Sean Davies, and you know Sean uh, very well, right, Will? Uh, he's clearly South African, 
you know, played for the United States, but now he's down in Utah leading the charge. So that's another interesting piece. Like these guys are stick. There are guys sticking around helping develop the next level of right. rugby player. That is a putting roots player. down for yeah. sure. No, hundred percent, one hundred percent, and that's and that's great because that's you can't beat that sort of experience that that those guys are coaching. And Kane, I, I was fortunate enough to work with him um, over in Bermuda at the World Tens, and, and he's the man. He's so knowledgeable, and 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 he's doing a great job with those forwards down in Nola for sure. Well, let's take the opportunity now and stepping away from kind of the rugby general topics around MLR and focusing a little bit more on the AGs, right? Because uh, that's what people want to be able to learn about. And of course, this past weekend uh, was an interesting battle. And yeah. here lies the, uh, the question, run, pass, or kick. The AGs have dropped two very close matches in tough conference opponents against tough conference opponents. As a veteran leader of the team, what did you say to the lads today to get them ready for another big week? Um, I will run. <laughs> <laughs> you have I'll be to. Upfront and honest. No, like at the end of the day, we are judged by our performance on the weekend. Um, we work really hard throughout the week, and uh, that's all the stuff that the fans don't get to see, right? And at the end of the day, we, but we're judged on what goes on the weekend. Um, we were not happy with our performance two weeks ago against Utah. Um, we speak as a group about effort and putting in a, a decent amount of effort, and we don't feel like we did that against Utah, and there were a lot of frank, hard conversations last week. Um, but I don't think you can fault one ounce of effort wasn't left on that field by all 23 guys plus coaching staff, etc. yesterday. Um, and we didn't quite get the rub of the green. Um in terms of some bounce of the ball, a couple of decisions didn't go our way, um, but that's rugby, right? So we just get back on the horse, short week, um, and no better way than to play against your biggest rivals and go out there and right some wrongs. Absolutely. So let's let's just talk a little bit about this um, match yesterday against San Diego. Run, pass, or kick, what was the game plan in a nutshell going into the match? Uh, and what what did you guys take away from the loss that you can use moving forward as you look ahead to week three against Houston? Uh, I'm going to kick this to Ty, see if he can think of what our game plan was. I was not prepared. But as you said, you know, when, you, when, you're, when your opening weekend hasn't gone to plan, you hope to be able to just resettle the nerves, go in with a clear head, know your game plan and stick to it. You don't play to the other team. You just know what your strengths are and you need to work those. You need to go through the phases. You need to hold the ball retention, you know, and, and, and I guess it's a back to basics because let's be honest, there's been a long off season, right? And week one looked a little rough and looked a little sloppy for everybody. Yeah. Right. So I think for me, and, and again, you know, this is just a humble opinion as, as a fan, by no means am I uh, going to be managing a World Cup team anytime soon. However, it's just got to be doing, doing what you do well and doing it right as often as possible. Yeah, and, and not concerned about so much about the results, but concerned about getting it right. How does that sound? Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, that's pretty spot on. Control what we could control that week. Um, we had a pretty disrupted week just through injuries and, and whatnot so it was like right we'll look at San Diego we'll see what they offer but we need to fix our our own issues from the week before and yeah, yeah. I, think, I think we did that and we, we put a very good performance in it was by no means a perfect performance and we should have won that game no doubt about it um, but we've learned a lot of lessons from that game and the first game and the preseason games and I think and I feel that fans can see that this is a completely different AG side than the years gone by. Oh, um, for sure. For sure. Let me tell you, like the, the, the general perception out there echoes the very same thing you said. And to have it come down to it, what was it? A three point difference, right? Mm -hmm. With, with a team that last season was undefeated, right? Obviously they've had a different start to the season. And that's just to re read back into my point. Every season is so different. The leaps and bounds ahead the steps that 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 certain teams can make is is tremendous, and for me personally, the Austin Gilgronies as an organization from the top down to the bottom, including the fans, have all stepped up their game. Yeah. And 
it is it is noticed in the nuances of the game because it's not that the Gilgronies are past were doing something wrong. It's just the little things weren't clicking as they should. Well, well, and I want to step on that real quick. Like, here's a little thing in the game. I'm watching the game, and you guys were taking a rolling ball right into the try line in the first half, and then it 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 got there was a knock on, and it was you guys had driven over the line, mm. just had to set the ball down and and dot it down, and it didn't go your way, and it's like. You know, you can clean those things up. And I think that that would be my message. The effort was there. It's just like you said, it's just about cleaning up some of those details and making sure those are on point for week three. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we, we appreciate that. Uh, I think we want to put out a little message to fans about a competition that we have going right now. And, and, and will he, he, he talked about that competition uh, for the virtual MLR would be 2020 uh, we're doing a super brew competition that people can still get in on uh, there are gift cards 25 dollars gift cards for a weekly winners we're going to have some uh, end of the season um yeah there's going to be a first second and third overall prize that will give you the opportunity to win hundreds of dollars towards your choice of merch and you could buy one of those AG hats that Will's wearing right there that with the orange underneath by the way that look that is tight man yeah Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Bit of sweat on there as well. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that comes free. Hot <laughs> days at training here in Texas. Yeah. Hey, it's worth more money. It's now worn by a player. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, you know, the Super Brew contest is really just a little bit of fun amongst fans, a little bit of healthy banter. That's, I will add that I am number one overall at the moment. Um, although my last round of picks were absolutely dismal. <laughs> <laughs> and it has been unpredictable, the results thus far. I mean, week one and week two, uh, you know, it, it's not been easy to be able to pick. I mean, you can't take the template that was there from last season and just go, okay, well, this team did well then. They're obviously going to do well now. And again, the Gilgroni is shaking things up and showing evidence that they're a much stronger unit. It's not yet converted, but I'm pretty sure a couple of those pieces in place Come will around. be. And uh, you can follow that uh, under the uh, Rugby Rant uh, League. Join our Super Brew contest every week. There's weekly winners, as Rob had mentioned. So, Rob, do I have the next question? Uh, yes, sir. Delivering away. All right. So, let's jump on to the next question here as we go on to number eight. Of course, the Gilgronis' opponent this week is the Houston Sabercats. Obviously, uh, it, it carries a lot more weight in this because it's a neighbor. But let's, uh, let's run through this question. This is a match that for both uh, the fans, both in Texas and around the league, will be watching as it is one of two Texas Cup derbies, rival matches. Does this match take an, on an extra significance, or is it just another game in the schedule of 16? Can you make a Joe Namath-style guarantee that the AGs will beat the Houston Sabercats? One pass or kick. That's right. I'm going to pass. <laughs> okay that, you're, you're welcome enough. to but i just want to let you know you're more than welcome to answer too if you like <laughs> but it's okay i won't i won't press you i won't yeah. press you but uh i think it's it's i think it's a fun one that people are looking forward to yeah for sure uh, it's got the potential to be one of the great rival matches yeah. that is organically forming in this league, which is, uh, which we will come with time with the others, but this is one of those ones that people are looking forward to. Yeah. And you know, what's funny about this competition is originally before Dallas backed out, we thought, okay, it's going to be a three-way competition. And yeah. by the way, they're all going to get to play each other twice. So we'll actually be able to the, at some point in the season, determine a winner. This one's almost like a, a, a blood slow competition in that you know technically you guys won it last year right so you retain the rights if you win next week that means you'll have won two out of the last three and therefore by definition no matter what the outcome of the second match is this season you guys should be declared the winners of the texas cup for 2021 right i don't know like we haven't really been told how it's working whether it's kind of on the line every time whether it's kind of more like a ranfurly shield in new zealand where you just defend it if you have it at home Versus right. like if we win and then we play Houston away, right. it's not on the line. But um, no, I mean, like, I'm not making any, I passed on the guarantees or anything, but um, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's super exciting. It, it's it's a few more dimensions to it with, with a couple of boys 
moving from Houston to Austin, et cetera, et cetera, with obviously Carl's, Carl Brownback joining us. Um, we beat them in the golf over the summer when COVID hit. Um, so we kind of have the one up on them at the moment. So I know they beat us in preseason. Like it's, it's, it's going to be tasty for sure. And there's yeah. no, Do you no feel luck. like in the team, especially from the boys that are still there from last year, that there is that sentiment like, hey, we want this one a little more than we do the others? I think, yeah, I think now potentially, I think last season when we beat them, it was we would like any win, which was, <laughs> <laughs> which was very much needed at the it time. It made it sweeter with the cup, yeah, though. It did make it sweeter and it made it, yeah, it definitely did. It's kind of cool. You get a little competition in competition. Uh, it's never right. a bad thing, you know? Exactly. It's a little bit of redemption. We spoke about this, you know, like, like, you know, it gets to the point, like, and it's kind of like the Bledisloe too, you know, where, you know, Australia can lose almost every other match, but as long as you win that and you can beat the, uh, the, the, the best, you know, it's, it's, it's got a little bit more oomph behind it. It's got a little bit more substance uh, because it has something else on the line, you know? Yeah, definitely. All right. So we got to, I guess Rob and I will just have to continue making our predictions in Superbrew, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mine haven't been very good. But you know what is good? Tighthead Brewing Company is Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers for all seasons. Located in Mundelein, Illinois, in the heart of Lake County, owner Bruce Durr and the Tighthead staff will ensure you're kept well hydrated so you don't miss a single scrum next week in that derby. Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and families can meet, socialize, and enjoy the action of every Major League Rugby Derby that will electrify 2021, including between Houston and Austin. Join us for the weekly watch party this week and uh, the parties that will happen every week throughout the season up to August 1st, which is the Major League Rugby final. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try. And uh, that leaves us with the next piece to have a little bit more fun is the uh, the quick tap. So, Rob, you want to run us through how that works? Yeah. So, real quick, we'll have a. Uh, I think we got five quick taps. It's you pick one of the two options you're given. You can follow up if you want. You can remain silent about why you selected. It's totally and completely up to you. And these you can't uh, kick them. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you, you can't pass. Okay. Just run it straight. For that. Run it straight. Yep. Run it straight. All right, ready. So the first one, better beer, and we're going Texas here. Better beer, Carbach or Shinerbach? Shinerbach. Shinerbach. That's my man. I like that. I love a good Shiner. That was no hesitation. No hesitation. <laughs> right. Carbach's a sponsor as well, so apologies. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good form. <laughs> That's why I asked. I want to. I want to really test your metal there, mate. Yeah. All right, more intense because you've played with and against both Hanko or Nate Brakeley. Hanko. Hanko. Yeah, I saw him I saw him this weekend down there in New Orleans first uh first hand. It was uh, he was intense, that's for sure. All right. Yeah. So all right, here you go. This one's a this one's a tough one. We're gonna make you think here. Uh better fly half, Dan Carter or Johnny Wilkinson. Johnny. Uh he's going back to his English roots, right? No question. Uh, Okay, we're, <laughs> we're going to get closer to Texas here. Better barbecue, ribs or brisket? Brisket. Ooh, I like that. That's good. Yeah, actually, All you right. could tell he was really got in deep thought, like, man, this is a tough, the toughest question yet. Yeah, that was tough. I actually got mouth ribs a few weeks ago, so. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last one. Again, here's a Texas question. Texas music. Is it country or Western? Country. Country. All right. Who's your favorite artist, if I can ask? Uh, Luke, listener to? Luke Combs. Oh, Luke Combs. Got it. New, new country, yeah. Gotcha. New country. All you right, know, the funny see. thing, like, I only discovered country music when I came to the U.S., and I don't know if it was the same for you, Will. Obviously, it's it's great, and it's fun, and it's always got a great story. But there's an old joke that you say, you know, the thing about country is if you play it backwards, you get your house, your wife, and your car back. <laughs> yeah. no, it's always about losing one of those three things, right? Yeah. No, moving, moving to Colorado and living with uh, 
couple of country boys and Blake Rogers and Johnny Ryberg, Johnny Muscles Ryberg, you know, they, 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 <laughs> turn, you pretty, they turn you pretty quickly. So that was, that was good. join us. <laughs> wow. That, that must have been an interesting living situation with those two blokes. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. So I returned to an earlier question. Who's your worst roommate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll pass there. <laughs> pass on that one. That was a hospital pass that I do. Yeah, it, was a great, it was a great little house we had uh, uh, over in Glendale. Um, and it's good to see those boys going good for, for LA. And uh, we look forward to beating them later in the season. Right. And, you know, it's, it's, it's great to be able to see how players can be spread across the league, but still have that same sense of camaraderie. Um, you know, you boys are doing this together week in and week out, even though it might be in opposite ends of the country, you're going through the same things, the same trials and tribulations. And, and again, it's what makes rugby in the U.S. unique because it has challenges so different to everywhere else in the world. But let's turn our attention back to the uh, Austin Gilgronies because I myself have been turned into a Gilgrony fan somewhat and not for the traditional reason I think the build-up to the season was fantastic. And on that note, here lies the next question. The Gilgronies have done a first-class job of promoting and marketing the team in the build-up to the 2021 season. We all saw the marketing online. We all saw the marketing out there on the streets. So can you describe the vibe in the city for those fans that don't live in Austin? What's it like? What's the chatter? What's the vibe around the team out there in Austin? Run past or kick. Yeah, I'll, I'll run with this because I think they, the guys that have uh, put in all the hard work deserve, deserve a massive shout out. So, um, yeah, Mike Sheehan, uh, general manager, sort of of um, like commercial, and then and then Mike Ablett, who's general manager of sort of more the ops and player player relations sort of stuff, um, along with Cameron Cohen, who's our sort of creative director. They they've done an amazing job in in rebranding and branding and rebranding <laughs> the agency. Yeah. Um, but no, it's super exciting. Like we had, I think the league, uh, highest attendance of opening weekend at like 1700, I think obviously COVID restrictions in some states. Right. Considering all the challenges. Yeah. That's great. Exactly. I mean, that's 1700 out of a, of a max that we could have 2,500, you know? So like, yeah, that's another, another example where that would have just never have happened a couple of years ago in Austin when they were struggling for a couple hundred people, yeah. um, up mm-hmm. around rock, you know? So those guys off the field have done an amazing job. Um, and then, yeah, I guess internally more with the player group, like um, Sam Harris and, and Mark Gerard um, coming over from Australia um, have just created a, a really, really great family culture within the squad. Um, and it's still new, you know, we've, we've had some, some bumps and some COVID bruises along the way and, and whatnot. And, and that storm that hit us. So um, we've really stuck together as a, as a, as a tight knit group. A um, couple more boys to still join us and bolster the ranks, which is super exciting, um, which I won't spill the beans on here because I'm not sure they've officially been announced. Oh, I was itching to be able sure? to ask you as a follow-up. Yeah. You're um, welcome to spill all the beans you want. Yeah, no, no, I already did that once and I got in trouble. <laughs> um, but no, the, the off-the-field stuff has been amazing. And the atmosphere, like, as a player, like, it's sometimes – there's only a couple of grounds where within the MLR that you feel the atmosphere. Um, right. Starfire is definitely one. The guys up in Seattle, they created an amazing atmosphere. And obviously it was pretty cool playing in that Glendale Seattle rivalry over a couple of years and like getting booed was like pretty cool, you know, because it's like, man, these people really care. Like they actually, they actually <laughs> I love that. They getting actually, booed was really cool. <laughs> yeah, they hate me. So this is cool because that makes me want to prove them wrong. But like we can feel the energy off the off the crowd here in Austin, which is awesome. And getting behind the team, like when we were trying to score that try late last night, um, mm. get the win. And we just can't wait to get that first win for the AGs in front of our home fans. Um, Cause that's been a long time. You know, we, we won away in Houston last year, but we want to get that win in front of our home fans and then, and right. hopefully you reward them for their support. I get exactly. you. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, I want to just take a moment. Like Ty talked about some of the promotions I, I watched as I watched the game from the weekend, the halftime commercials and the uh, hydration break commercials were top shelf. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, I love the barbecue one with a, yeah. with a couple of the boys standing around the barbecue, turn it to over. Be fair, Will probably didn't see them. <laughs> no, I, I, know the one, I, know was, I know what Rob's talking about. No, that's what I mean. Like Cameron, um, Cameron Cohen is, is a super creative guy. Amazing with the camera. And even like our, 
um, you know, our roster announcements, like having the yeah. video yeah. rather than just your standard like player headshot. Like that's a pretty cool thing. Like this ground, like groundbreaking sort of not technology because obviously yeah, like it could be done, but like it costs money. It's it's a lot of time and effort to put that together. But it's yeah, it's super cool. Well, well Austin is a perfect example of that rugby tainment philosophy mm. now that they're incorporating, you know, uh, the, the fan experience into everything that they do. You know, we spoke about this with George uh, Killebrew who was on our show a week or two ago, and, you know, he coined the phrase rugby tainment. And one of the best examples that he could offer to share that value was the Austin uh, organization, everything they've done in the buildup and then the fan experience pregame and postgame with concerts and live music and $2 beers. And it's, it's all an experience for the family. Everybody has something that they enjoy. No, it's, it's been awesome. We had obviously world famous DJ last week, local Austin mm-hmm. band this week. Um, I'm just looking at my phone, but we've just been nominated for, we're a finalist for the Austin, in the Austin Chronicle for the best pro or semi-pro sports team. You know, like stuff like that is like a testament to all the guys that are doing a lot of hard work. And we know that if our results, if our if our performance and continues on the trajectory on trajectory we're on, um, and our results pick up, then it's just going to create even more buzz. Absolutely. So um, I'm going to forge ahead here. Uh, we. When I was down in New Orleans this weekend, I got some information, I think on Sunday, but uh, unbeknownst to me, the information was coming out actually uh, during the game as I'm in the stands. It was announced that during week four, a doubleheader will be played in New Orleans, right? Austin is slated to play New Orleans, the Nola Gold, of course, and LA will match up against Toronto. So run, pass, or kick, the two-part question here. Can we expect to see the recipe for a Gilgroni and a Giltini announced, given that it's a a, a Gilcrest doubleheader uh, during this event? And then followed up by that, if Nola Gold released its own branded cocktail, would the Gilcrest marketing machine fall off the rails? <laughs> um, I will pass on the <laughs> announcement on the drinks because okay. I'm not paid to do that. Um, and... I will. I'll kick the. I'll kick the cocktail back to you, Rob. What do you reckon? What's it? What's the Nola Gold cocktail called? Oh boy! Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I will tell you from being down there. They're a plain spoken, simple group of people who tell it to you straight. So expect whatever their cocktail to be. Expect it to be a, a big punch in your face. <laughs> it's not going to be a good old golden tonic, is it? <laughs> That'll be it. Listen, listen. I have inside information, but I cannot reveal any of that information. I'm sorry, Will. I I hate to disappoint, but I guarantee you uh, they will have something prepped and it will be uh, reminiscent of New Orleans. So I'm going to leave it at that. (laughs) All right. Um, I think you're, you're on next here. Oh, yeah, nice? so I wanted to be able to also just uh, let everybody who's watching here remind them that if you like what we do, go ahead and give us a like, follow us on Facebook. You can do so on Twitter, Instagram, and also TikTok under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod, where you'll find new information being shared by us as a team almost daily. But more importantly, you can watch any of our episodes each Monday night for the Run Parcel Kick with another great MLR insider, players, coaches. We got them all lined up and we give you the opportunity to be able to ask questions so you must just follow those those guys you'll see the schedules being listed very shortly for april coming up uh and of course you can also catch a new rant episode where we as a team debate all the topics that you have chosen through the mlr fan zone each week and uh we've got one coming up being released this friday and we'll continue to do so each and every friday so again like subscribe and follow us under the handle at rugby rant pod now also before we jump into the last few questions will i want you to be having in your mind something that you want to be able to share at the end a message to fans friends a shout out to anybody important to you and we're going to give you the final moments in a few moments to come uh where you can share that but let's jump into something a little more international and uh, we're going to step away from Major League Rugby for a moment. And uh, I want to ask you, because, of course, I have uh, a connection to, to this quite strongly, and you do as well. So here it is. It has recently been announced the British and Irish Lions Tour will be played in South Africa. 
We know that the USA Eagles coach Gary Gold discussed the possibility of playing the Lions uh, and sorry, playing the Lions and England in the summer in the build-up to this tour. Should the USA Rugby organization continue to pursue this plan? Now, second part, if asked, would you play for the Eagles against the Lions in early July? Yeah, I'll run with that. It's a pretty easy question. I think um, it's a great question, though. Um, I think, Thank you. I, it. <laughs> I think it could be one of the coolest experiences you could have. We talked, talked earlier about the World Cup being the pinnacle. Um, right. But to do something that no Eagles team has potentially ever done before in terms of playing against the British and Irish Lions or even playing against South Africa as prep for right. a Lions tour. That's only happened four times in history, I believe, playing against the Bucs. Yeah, exactly. So any opportunity we get as a group to play any rugby right now is great. <laughs> but then to get <laughs> to test yourselves against the best teams in the world, it's only going to make us better. So, And it's going to put US on the on the TV in front of millions and millions of people who are following the Lions tour, you know, so... Right. Um, 100%, it would be like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> I do agree, though, that outside of the Rugby World Cup, for me, one of the great traditions of rugby is the Lions Tour, which is why I was originally so upset when they spoke about moving it away from South Africa, right? Because South Africa, me being South African, obviously I'm a little bit biased on this point, but here's my point of view, is that, you know, you made a country wait 12, nearly 13 years <sighs> for the tour, and unfortunately through forces outside of their control, it's being could have been stripped away from them. So I'm happy that it's settled there. Yeah. But ultimately for the USA Eagles, whether it be the Lions in whatever version it may be, or England or South Africa, you know, to to, to borrow a phrase from Scott Ferrar in the background, he'll be smiling, iron sharpens iron, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to – yeah, one more question on the plate for you, and it's funny because I, I love – I love this question. Well, I wrote it, but I, I enjoyed it because it, it hits upon. Yeah. Um, you talked about it earlier and I want to, I want to see what more we can ferret out here, but it hits home for me because I really like to see the development of young American players. And we had the fortune this summer as we, we're getting through the pandemic to have the first ever college draft. And it, there was a lot of hype around it, quite frankly, in the MLR, especially amongst our fans. And I think a lot of the questions, and I was asked this question actually this weekend is, you know, can these college players have an impact? Right. And, and I think that question's on the mind of a lot of folks. So as a result of the Jackals delaying their start until 2022, of course, the Gilgronies were able to pick up number one pick in the draft, Connor Mooningham, you spoke about him earlier. So herein lies the question. Our run passer kick, he has seen action in the first two weeks of play as a veteran of the team. What does Connor bring to the table? And does he have the potential to be a weapon for the United States? Yeah, I'll run with that. Um, but going forth, I'd like you to all use his correct name, which is Sunshine. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. Remember to write that one down. Sunshine. All right. Uh, like uh, yeah. No, Connor has been awesome. Um, super hardworking guy. Not, like again, like you expect that coming out of um, of life working under Scott Lawrence. I think what's impressed us most is just he just goes a hundred miles an hour the whole time. Like when he's on the field, and then when he's off the field, he's pretty relaxed and chilled out, and and a really down to earth, solid guy. You know. Um, and yeah, he's a he's a big boy. Like he's bigger than I thought he was. He's probably. I don't know, 95 kilos, 90, 93 kilos on the wing, which is no no, no scrub, you know. So um, I've been really, really impressed with Connor. He still obviously has a bit of learning to do, but he's he's like a sponge. Like you teach him something, he takes it in, he, he delivers the next week. And and I think, um, yeah, Coach Sam did a, did a, a shifty bit of business to get him. Um, and the interesting thing as well, I asked Connor, I was like, so are you are – you, on loan with the AGs? Are you back to Dallas? Like, what's the go? And he's like, nah, I'm signed. I'm all in with Austin. So, like, we're like, sweet. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, there, there are some silver linings in, in the scenario with, with Dallas, right, that these guys, from what we understand here on the show, and we've yet to be proven otherwise, that these these contracts, you know, a lot, they won't be returning to Dallas. You know, it's it's okay. I can find a new rugby home, and that's what they deserve, right? I mean, these guys were given an opportunity. Him being one of the great assets that came out of the MLR uh, draft, 
um, which again is another great point about the purpose of that. But you so rightly pointed out, man, here's a guy that's that's talented, just you know, is willing to be able to put in the hard yards. Uh, is already showing a, a great proof of of his efforts. So. Yeah, I mean, it's a great story, but I also want to know the story of Sunshine. Where did that come from? That just came from from Coach Sam again. Just thought he looked a bit like, um, I don't know who the actor is, but the quarterback who comes in to remember the Titans. Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, I was going to ask you, is it from there? There was a kid yeah. from California who came in exactly, with his long yeah. hair. Hey, uh, Sunshine. I, I, just, and then I, I, just, I just went with Moonshine because obviously it takes the Mooney Ham and the Sunshine. <laughs> oh, that works too. <laughs> just quickly before before I know we've got to wrap up, but. Um, all those, all those young guys out of the draft have been really, really impressive. We obviously had Mason Cook, who had his first start yeah. last night. Cam Dodson, who started, um, I know he wasn't technically in the draft, but who started um, the first game of the season. He's really impressed. Um, Luis Atama, who I haven't seen much of yet, but a big ball-carrying centre, and, and Sid Shoup as well, a really hard-working scrum half. So it's really cool how, how Sam and Mark have sort of got this young group of guys who are, sort of like the top trainers, you know, they're, they're working real hard behind the scenes so that us older guys who are, uh, who are a bit frail and fragile after a couple, couple games into the season can potentially have a, a session or two on the back burners while we still have numbers at training and working hard and making sure the boys are all prep for the weekend. Yeah. And, and again, going back to my point, you know, here's a kid who has, like you say, is a sponge. He has great potential. He is, of course, American-born, and he's a benefit of learning from somebody like yourself with, I think it's 26 caps uh, for the United States Eagles under his belt, a wealth of experience, a wealth of knowledge. You have the experience of playing at 10 and 15, so you see a lot of different aspects of the field. And so I think for somebody like him, uh, there's there's a beautiful partnership that's, that's uh, happening here in Austin, and it's exciting to see you, Will. It really is. That's awesome. And the, and the best thing about Connor is he wants the ball. Yeah. Like, he want, <laughs> you know, like, he wants the ball, which is just all you can ask for as a 10 or 15, whoever, like, is like, get Connor the ball or get, you know, like, he, he, wants, he wants to make a play, which is, is awesome. It's that hunger that separates yeah. them, you know. Um, well, you know, you're obviously giving great compliments to yeah. your organization, to your peers, uh, and it does show what an ambassador you are to not only the Austin Gilgronies, uh, but you personify what the MLR is truly about. And we thank you for choosing to spend some time with us here today. Again, another credit to you as you stepped in at the final moment as our super sub in the absence of uh, Bryce Campbell, who we wish well in his recovery and hope that he'll be returning to the field very shortly. Um, but we want to give you an opportunity before we head out to be able to send a shout out to anybody important to you, a message you want to share with fans, friends, whoever it may be, the opportunity is here and now for you. No, I appreciate that, Ty. Um, I'll just do two quick ones. So first of all, just to all AG Nation, um, we really appreciate the support. Uh, we're putting in a lot of hard work. And uh, yeah, we can't wait to see you all on on Saturday so we can retain the Texas Cup. And then secondly, I'm going to give a big shout out to my sister, Jen. Um, whenever I do one of these things, she always gives me a hard time because I always mention my mom and dad and never mention her. Um, and this will probably be the one that she doesn't watch or listen to. But um, no, thanks, Jen, for all the support. Um, and uh, yeah, it makes me very proud to be the ID brother to you. All right. I, I tell you what we're going to do, Will. If she has a, a Twitter handle or if she has an Instagram handle or if she has a Facebook handle, give it to us. We're going to tag her in this. <laughs> right. So that Make she sure. see that she got yeah. the shot out. Just call Rob this, has just call this little bit skills out. in, in social media stalking. He will find <laughs> her handle and she will know. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, so I wanted to be able to take the opportunity again, um, not, not only to be able to thank Will and, you know, of course, my colleagues here on the show, the Rugby Rant, but more importantly, to be able to thank you as the viewer and, of course, as the rugby fan out there in North America who is helping the game to grow in the way that you know how, whether it be tuning in to be able to watch on the new rugby network or whether it be watching it on whichever means possible. If you're out there at the game and you have the ability to do so, please do so. It makes difference, right? We, we want to make sure that the MLR has the most successful year yet. We know it has challenges ahead, but it's because of people like this guy on screen and the people at home like you that it is going to be even more possible 
each and every week as they continue to provide the best and highest quality rugby in North America. And we will continue to cover it with your help here on the Rugby Rant. And you can help us by liking, following, subscribing, rate and review. And you can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it may be, find us under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod. And you can also do so on social media like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My name is Ty Brog. I'm your host for this event here alongside, of course, Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt. And on behalf of Scott, the big guy Ferrari, who's producing this in the background. And of course, on behalf of Will, we say thank you for watching the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. And we will see you at the next. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.